The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to episode one of Long Box Small Talk. I'm your host, Bill. Welcome Turner. to episode to one of Long Box Small Friday, Talk, Mr. Uh, Rodney Heron. Woo! As we we call him around this place, Rod the Bod. No, we don't. We do. We not do. do that. We do. We we just don't say it when you're here. Oh, come on. <laughs> It's a rough start, Bill. It's a rough start. <laughs> well, you know, that was my name in high school, Rough Start Bill. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you had some questions. What What did you want to know? I'd like to know what's going on in Marvel. And it's very confusing to someone who's been like a long-time Marvel fan, cartoon, comics. You know, like, I'm not up to date, if you will. Yeah. Um, I really kind of petered out around all those big Marvel events they were doing. Okay, to, to get up to snuff... What's going on in Marvel started about two to three years ago. The main thing you need to know is is about the incursion. The incursion is, uh, long story short, Doctor Doom went into the multiverse and killed the Molecule Man. Now, the thing you don't know about Molecule Man is, and you find out during the incursions, is the Molecule Man is a constant in the Marvel Universe. No matter what multiverse he's in... He is the exact same character, the exact same origin. So he doesn't have like a like a world of what it was it Spider Man Island or whatever it was. Yeah, he doesn't. He have, doesn't have the multiverse. He never changes. He is a constant. So when Doom killed this version, that Earth kind of shattered. This is the, the broad strokes and started what was what is called the incursion when one Earth would appear in the in the hemisphere of another Earth or in the in the in the proximity Uh and basically you have x amount of time to destroy one of the earths gets destroyed so that one so the other earth can live okay so it's like a big march madness bracket it is a march madness bracket (laughs) of massive (laughs) genocidal proportions, and that'll be my one sports reference for as long as this podcast goes on let's go another two years without something like that so i apologize so the idea so you 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 have the old the Illuminati pops up. Yeah. Uh, you're aware of the Illuminati. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. They pop up into it. Uh, they blow up a couple of Earths. There's uh, friction with them. Captain America is his mind's erased. He's thrown out of the Illuminati. And uh, during the big the last big uh, go around that was the one where the Watcher got his eyes taken out because he saw something. Uh, Cap remembered. The whole thing about the Illuminati taking take wiping his memory. Uh-huh. Uh, somehow he lost his powers. I'm not up on that. When he lost his super soldier serum, Falcon took over as Captain America. I know you had that question. Yeah, I don't fucking understand that. Like, but that's 
And this is this is this is the world that wins out. This well, this new universe well, they're creating. Hold, hold on, because you're you're not to battle world yet. Oh shit! <laughs> but more. wait, we got there's real nerdy more. real quick. Okay, so the the issue uh, basically it comes down to the incursions happen, 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 and at the end of the day, you're down to two Earths. When you get to the, the, the first issue of Secret Wars, issue one. And that is the 616, the original Marvel Universe that we all know and love. And this uh, 1610, the Ultimate Universe. And so that's where you are in the beginning. Issue one, you know, Doom and Doctor Strange are standing in front of the Beyonder. White page. The two Earths. And you're kind of, it's a battle royale between the two Earths. Of course, they throw the Guardians of the Galaxy in because, you know, oh, miraculously, you, can, <laughs> you got to cross the universe um, to, uh, you know, to come in and fight. Fight the good fight because yeah. everybody's going to fight against the, the ultimate universe. It so happens that the newest underoos have yeah, Andy from yeah. Parks and Rec's face on them. <laughs> but I will tell you, all joking aside, I bought it. I read it six times in two weeks. Um, I've read issue two, probably the same amount. It's the most I've probably ever read single issues. I'm in my late thirties, and I've never—I don't think as a child read that one. Read one that many times in one sitting. I didn't think you read that fast. That, oh, that, oh, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, it was a okay, joke. Yeah, all right. Um, no, it it has one of the greatest endings of any any issue. Just nice white page. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to give anything away by saying, you know, first of all, I'm, we're going to go ahead and let you know, spoilers at the begin beginning of every podcast. Yeah, just... It, yeah. <laughs> we're going to spoil everything. Yeah. It, it has a beautiful page that just says, uh, Marvel Universe 1961 to 2015, Ultimate Universe 2000 to 2015. Beautiful. Now you know what you're dealing with. You get to issue two, and it's the gloves are off. It is basically the Game of Thrones in the Marvel Universe. Uh, you're introduced to Doctor Doom. Why did Doctor Doom go talk to the Beyonders? Because he basically took their power from them. And now he is God. And he created the world in his own image to save it at the last minute. Mm-hmm. And that's what Battle World is. And so you have... Uh, barons that run certain sections of Battle World, and pretty much every you know interesting plot line storyline from the past has its own kind of world in there, okay. own country, and it's 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 really cool. I mean, it it I'm up to issue three now, and it is it is really good. It's much better than that uh, craptacular fest that's going on over at DC. We won't talk about it, <laughs> but it's bad. Okay, so like. I understand the reason that they're doing it, but why do they have to reimagine them to such a degree as to make them all sort of neutral? I mean, and they're also they're doing a lot of diversification in there as well. You know that that you know sexism and things that in comic books have been it's an ongoing issue. It has been for a really long time. I agree. And now we have um, you know a, a black guy is Captain America. You know, putting his his face on the the Aryan nation that is the U.S. <laughs> you know, um, we have a woman as Thor. Yeah. Um, they're tweaking a lot of people's powers, which is 
I don't know, just kind of strikes me as odd. Like Captain America not having powers at all, just being like a World Look, War II vet. He, he kind of looks like Robert Redford now. <laughs> yeah, yeah exa- that's exactly what he looks like. That is, you know what? We're going to go ahead and confirm that spoiler for a casting. Yeah. Captain um, America. <laughs> Captain America, the, the, the long winter soldier. Medicaid. Yeah. No, I... Okay, to answer your question, it's very simple. When Disney purchased them, everyone's, everyone at Disney said, Oh no, we're, we're going to be hands-off. We're not going to touch Marvel. We want Marvel to do what Marvel does. But they own, they're making the movies. They're, they're producing the comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to reach as many people as possible. And the way to do it is two things. One is to come up with some kind of shocking media event. Thor's a woman. Captain America's black. Spider-Man has no penis. You know, <laughs> uh, Spider-Man's a eunuch. You know, um, and that's what gets you on TV. And that's what gets people that aren't me into a comic book store and go, "Oh, I, you know, did you got Spider-Man eunuch number one? Uh, you, you got the variant with the Todd McFarlane cover. You know." Um, that's what gets that's what gets normal people in there but the problem is is you can diversify all you want you can do the shock media all you want it doesn't keep those people buying they, yeah. they go in and buy one or two issues by issue three they're going oh, shit I'm going to put this stuff on eBay I don't care yeah so is it bad? no my my, I'd say my one complaint with the Marvel universe is retconning the universe to match the film universe. Yeah, um, Agent Coulson is now a character in the comic. That's inevitable. I mean, you know, just because he, they he's been in a few movies that made a billion dollars and now has a TV show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about that show, but, <laughs> but honestly, I couldn't make it through one episode. I watched the first season. And it wasn't too bad, but it, it wasn't enough to make me go to the second season. Yeah. It just... Wasn't enough draw there. It was just blah. Mm-hmm. Just blah. But... They need to quit doing that. Like, I know what the tactic is getting rid of X-Men and Fantastic Four and all your propaganda. I know, you know, when you send the X-Men to space, what you're trying to tell Fox. Give us the rights back. We'll give you some money, and we'll put these guys back in the comics. Yeah. You know, for both of those, uh, the reason why they're kind of downing Fantastic Four and no one's playing it up is because they they want the rights back, plain and simple. Yeah. You know, uh, they, it worked with Spider Man. You know, mm-hmm. put him back in the MCU, and you're gonna make a better movie than those last two because they were just kind of, you know, you know, I kind of felt like the first one was okay. Although I, I'm not a huge fan of the lizard as any kind of main villain. But I feel that way with a lot of the villains that are in these new Marvel movies. Yeah. They, I feel like they're they're pulling out the... I mean, fuck, how many times have they fought Doctor Doom? Like, in movies. Yeah. You know? Like, there was the one that was unreleased in, what, the 80s? No, in the 90s. That was Oh, was that the 90s? Bad. Yeah, oh, that was wow. bad. It looks bad for the 90s. There's a reason that was unreleased. It was bad for the 90s. There's a reason it was not released. It's true. But it was still, for the rights, how many yeah. fucking times? How many times are they going to make that same movie? Be- because at they, some point they don't even like recast the guy's face. They're just like it doesn't fit. Fucking smash it on the dude's face. Well, yeah, but that's because they can't get it right. That's why they keep remaking it. 
We can't make it right. I mean, the Fantastic Four, they have a good bunch of villains they can use. The, I mean, shit, use Franklin. There's Franklin tons, would be an amazing villain. There's tons of great ideas. The problem with the, with the, the characters, and I want to see this, this new one, because yeah. I like the kind of uh, body morph horror they, they're kind of going for. Yeah, it's a little bit darker. A little darker tone. Yeah. Uh, but the reason why, it's an unrelatable book. They're unrelatable characters. A mad genius scientist, yeah. a really hot girl scientist, uh, <laughs> a good old boy fighter pilot, and you know the hot stunt me- guy, the stunt hot, guy scientist, yeah, the hot guy mechanic, yeah. you know. And it's uh, it, you know, you couldn't relate to Chris Evans as a torch. He was good, yeah, he was really good, but you couldn't relate to that character. You can relate to Spider Man if you grew up a teenager ever. You could relate to people being picked on yeah, yeah. and being an outcast. You can relate to Captain America not being good enough to be, to fight in the war and being given a chance. You can relate to some of these people. You can't relate to the Fantastic Four. It's four people that get powers and, and decide to be uh, philanthropic mm-hmm. and try to save the world. It's unrelatable. And your bad guy is a, is a guy that's uh, Eastern European. Who cares? Oh yeah, aren't, aren't all aren't all bad people <laughs> Eastern European? Yes, nowadays they are. <laughs> so and went strictly from Nazis <laughs> to communists to Russians. If your if your last name is Ovich, yeah, you know, yeah, you're you're, you're you probably have a scar on your face. Yeah, <laughs> choose one eye. <laughs> but um, I I think Marvel Marvel has always been able to pull off the big events. It's keeping you going after that. Yeah, because you want the next big event. Yeah, well, that, that the thing is, is they, they can't fill in the, the gaps between the bricks. Mm-hmm. They got a great brick, but they don't have enough mortar yeah. to support the wall. So, uh, you know, it, it, Thor is a woman. How long will it last? Uh, I know their new uh, promotional campaign that started up for three months from now has... Um, Miles, the the ultimate Spider Man, yeah, universe Spider Man, ultimate Spider Man is in there. Gwen Stacy, the Spider Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen, female Thor. They're talking about somebody new is going to be the Hulk. It's not going to be Banner. Um, there's been rumors that Arno Stark will be Iron Man, not not Tony. Uh, Arno was a spy, uh, Iron Man 2020. Uh-huh. Um kind of a little more arrogant younger version of Tony Stark so more it, arrogant I know it's not that it's not impossible Jesus um, but the, also we're talking about arrogant in comparison to 80 Stark which was drunk Stark oh yeah yeah so it was a you know now it would be Tony Stark you know and you know what? that's another thing I'm really excited about because now it's Disney and it's it's you know the we're gonna princess everybody up yeah. Jubilee boom Disney princess Oh god, that'd be so bad. Um, that, that's just going to open up a whole new world yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. hurt, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, they're princessifying the whole situation. But at some point, what's going to happen? I feel is Marvel's going to be like, "Well, hey, we got a new Marvel. Oh, you've seen this one? Oh, okay. Well, and they're going to go the other way, and we're going to get like a, a a hard R Marvel movie. But see, that's not they, they're not. They don't want to do that. Well, they, they don't want to. Said but they, one day they it will. Just said. 
they are not going to go gritty with it because that's the aim is for the family. Mm-hmm. The aim is to make these a slightly edgier version of Pixar. You know, where there's heart, but it's a little it it has edge, but it's not dark like certain movies that are coming out, which we're going to talk about later. But I think I, on the other hand, see something. I see the bubble about to burst on maybe not just the Marvel films, but superhero films in general. Like, I think you're about to see it pop. And it's going to... There's only so far you could go where every major tentpole film that's coming out is a superhero film. Or based on a property of a comic. Regardless if it's Marvel or DC or image or what or some indie thing or whatever the the bubble's gonna burst and you know i'm kind of hoping to see like just really awesome stupid action films come back you know because i'm a child of the 80s and 90s so i want to see like really awesome just dumb schwarzenegger van damme salone i want to see that come back and you didn't have to see the punisher movie I still have a soft spot for that movie. Oh, well, you know, you can have all the soft spots love, you want. When I you love shit into it. I love that version, and I love Warzone. I hate the Tom Jane version. Oh, dude, I'm so the opposite. Oh god. Yeah, man. Give me a little need... pierced whiny kid. Oh yeah. god. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. But when they parkour across the two buildings and they got blown up with a, that, I just no, no. When I the co- guy, I when the Johnny Cash ripoff. Say, you know, plays pulls out a guitar and says, yeah. "I'm gonna sing this at your funeral." <laughs> I, you know, I you shivers lost me. down my spine. You sir. lost me. Shivers like, down my spine. I, I cried see, at the end. I can see where they got like all the source material from the uh, from the Garth Ennis run, which was excellent. Yeah, but to crap all over it with some of the wor- oh well with Travolta as the bad guy. Okay, now, I brought this up in one of my reviews for something. Um, I was telling him, bring back the, the, the evil villains, like John Travolta. Oh, God. I, like, I, I literally can't imagine anyone more evil than John Travolta. Throw him in a hairpiece? That shit's scary. <laughs> that is scary, man. I, ugh. No. No, he, he was... When all those cars blew up in the shape of the Punisher skull? Oh, uh, but But what gets me is, they can't get that guy right. But we do Daredevil as a Netflix show. Yeah. Everything right. Everything. Dude, Foggy was perfect. The whole thing. I think it's about I think it's about an episode and a half too long. I'd agree. I think you could trim it down from I think it's thirteen. You could trim it down to probably eleven episodes mm-hmm. and it's a it would be flawless. Um yeah, no, I, I can't. I can't say enough good things about. Yeah, Daredevil. I, I was very impressed. Now I hit like a little bit of a rut because I kind of was feeling the length. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's like two episodes happened and they didn't move the story along at all. Yeah, so I, I'm stuck in that rut right now. But I am gonna get over it. Have you about. finished it? I have not finished it. Where are you? Oh shit! Like episode four or five. You're joking. No. Why? You, you, am I gonna have homework? You really need to go finish that that show. That is, to me, that is that is Netflix putting its giant phallus on the table, saying, "What you got? Prime time? What you got? Cable?" Because there's no there's no comparison to it. 
it is there are mo- second episode. I mean, when the when one of the bad guys basically says "suck my dick," yeah, and you're going, "Holy shit!" I mean, we're not. This is Marvel doing something that is R. Yeah, but it's not. It's not uh, HBO mm-hmm. where they're kind of like, "Here's tits." Yeah, you know, we're HBO. We got tits. Yeah. Um, still, still worth the fifteen bucks a month. Oh, still, so I agree. Yeah. Um, but but it's it, really. Uh, I can't say enough good things. Great ensemble cast. Uh, Foggy, to me, is one of the better actors on the show. Yeah. And they've got everybody on it. Vincent D'Onofrio is Kingpin. And especially when you get further into the series mm-hmm. and you see the cracks in the armor. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, it's just so good. I can't say enough good things. Um, and I don't like TV a lot, but I love Netflix because you can... Sit down if you if you're really interested. You can sit down, take three days, and watch a show, mm-hmm. and the you, best. Some of us take shorter amounts of time than that. Well, yeah, it depends on the show. You know, when you're divorced and you don't have kids for a weekend, you know, you, you don't change underwear for a couple of days. <laughs> you lay on the couch. Just you pleats stack up beside you. You only move. Well, no, you get like empty water bottle. You know, castles. <laughs> and you only move to, to you know to, to stave off the blood clots you yes. know <laughs> okay now that that kind of leads us into uh, the year in film we want to talk about now it's uh, it's June of 2015 so we'll talk about up to now and then what we're what we're wanting to see so you wanted to talk first about oh age of Ultron ah yeah uh, yeah yeah I, I did a review for it over on uh, B movies and ebooks and um, you know you can read my review obviously but um, I really enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah. Um, I, I just I I do feel that the vision wasn't really a necessary character, honestly. After all that build up to his big reveal and everything, yeah. um, I, I just I wasn't a fan of him. I, I, I feel like they keep bringing in more and more characters, and I, I mentioned this in my review as well. Uh, they keep bringing in more characters, but it's nobody that I really want to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't give two shits about the vision. You know, um, honestly, they could have kept Black Widow and, and Hawkeye as well. At least this Marvel version. <laughs> like, the ultimate ultimate Hawkeye? Amazing. Yeah. It, I, I I enjoy Hawkeye in this film. Because um, you can see his more human side? Yeah, I think he brought a lot Even of Even though human he's nature. 100% human, he's yeah. human all the time. He brings human nature to the, to, the, to the film. He brings a human feel. I, you know, you had talked about... You like the uh, the table scene? Oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. That that scene, I swear to God, it probably cost Disney a what a fucking billion dollars. Probably about as much as the CGI cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah the CGI in the and the rest room. of the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. That that scene was awesome because you got to see everybody kind of behind the scenes. But all the people that I was interested in behind the scenes had had powers. They were superhuman. Yeah. in a very human moment. Yeah, you're talking about like in Hawkeye with his very. Well, but that's I think that's Joss Whedon's strong point is writing very human ensemble moments. And I think I'm with you. Yeah. Too many there's th- this film was good, but it was too much in one film. The the amount of information could have been strung out over two films. Too many characters, you're not getting a a personal feeling. Now I know that like Iron Man 3, the Iron Man films, we got to know Tony Stark. So we don't have to get to know him. Yeah. 
and the Thor films, which are probably the subpar of the universe. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, we've already gotten to know Thor and his lame-ass girlfriend. Yeah. Um, who we could do without. Um, Natalie, you're still hot. <laughs> but, you know, don't, Cap- don't take what Bill's saying. The Captain, don't be offended. You know, each of the films, you get to know the characters, but the problem is, when you bring these guys together... In the comics, you don't really—they don't really sit around in the old days, going, "Oh, how you feel today?" It, it was okay. Uh, here's three issues of us fighting Korvac, and then three issues later, here comes you know Doctor Doom, yeah, or Thanos or whatever. But um, it's not scheduled like that. Y- yeah, yeah, and I know it's 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 a very John Lennon, you know, life is what happens in between making plans kind of thing, but. It, there, there just seemed to be, you're at a party, and then here comes an evil robot, and then we fight the evil robots, and then... And everyone acts like this shit happens every week, because it does. But they, they admittedly say, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. You're getting that kind of vibe. Like, we haven't seen each other since the last movie. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I don't know. It's, it was fun. It's a popcorn movie. Yeah. It's something to go in the theater and watch. I'm sure I'll buy it to show, you know, the kids will probably watch it. But I don't know if I'm that... It doesn't. It didn't It didn't resonate like the first one. The mm-hmm. first one, you know, is like that first kiss. You're not going to forget it. It's embedded in your brain. It's the first time you're able to see everybody you want to see on, on film. Maybe some you didn't. Yeah, very much so. But you're, you get to see the big, the, the big guns fighting together. And when they do fight together, it's incredible. This one just kind of leaves you hollow. I don't say I hate it. Yeah. But I don't say I love it. It's just kind of one... It's in the middle. I I kind of feel like with the, the Vision's presence and then the whole uh, scene kind of towards the end um, where it showed that they were kind of splitting up. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like they really kind of reached to do that. Um, simply because... The team throughout the whole movie is, you know, we have to beat Ultron, we have to beat Ultron. And, you know, they do little nods back to the first movie, as in um, Hawkeye couldn't become uh, ensorcelled by the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And then that kind of stuff. But the whole movie, they're fighting towards the same goal. Yeah. And then at the end, they're just like, oh, hey, yeah, we're not going to talk to each other for a little while. You might want to make your own team. It's like, that, that doesn't really... It didn't but, strike me as... But obviously that was... That's Disney saying, okay, we've seen these guys <laughs> yes, in two movies, now let's see the next But see, I'm, I'm watching the movie, and I'm, I'm hearing that kind of shit in my head. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, hey, guess what? We're going to split the teams up, so now you have to go see two movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I like the Russo brothers. I think Winter Soldier, in my opinion, is the best Marvel film that's been done. Hands down. I know we're going to disagree. We'll talk about that in a second. Okay. The problem I have is you have Infinity War coming up in a couple years. How are you going to handle that many characters on screen? Give everybody a reason to be there other than, you know, hey, Paul Rudd, here's four days worth of work. You know, hey, hey, Jeremy Renner, here's a couple of days. You know, that's a, it's going to be a lot of people to have on screen. Plus, you're going to have Doctor Strange. Plus, you're going to have Black Panther, which should be popping up. Plus, Teenage Spider-Man. Yeah. You've got all these people you're going to try and fit into two films. 
I don't, I don't know. I, you know what? And I, I'm sad to say this, but what I'm thinking might happen yeah. is, if you remember in the original um, Infinity Gauntlet, you know, saga. Yeah. Uh, for a long amount of those issues, all the superheroes were just hanging out at Avengers Tower. Going like, hey, why are we all hanging out in this room? <laughs> Looking on the computer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were all like playing solitaire. And People shit. sitting on the roof talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Spider Man hanging upside down, just yeah. shit. So, anyway, so like, I'm thinking that's my what happened. So there's gonna be like a team of like seven to ten people that actually fight Thanos, and I think Adam Warlock will be among them. Yeah, I, I have a feeling you're gonna see him pop up. Yeah, either. Somewhere in Doctor Strange or somewhere in Guardians Two. Yes, I'm, I'm. My money's on Guardians Two. See, I think it's going to be Strange. And if they say it's, if they say it's Andy's dad, I'm gonna be so pissed. You mean Star Lord? Yeah, but he's Andy to me. He's he'll always be. Andy yeah. Okay. To me. So so, you think they're gonna say Adam Warlock is? Is Star Lord? Yeah, I, I will spoiler no, and confirm so. that now. I, don't, I I disagree. I think it's well. Gonna, I hope not, but no. Know. I I think they're gonna. Everyone's got to be related. No, because uh, uh, go on. No, the blue guy. The blue guy. Come on, the blue guy. Uh, blue Beetle. Yondu. Oh, Yondu. Yondu okay. says at the end of the film that guy was a real dick, basically. So they've met him. Yeah, because yeah, they know who his dad is. Yeah, but. If if they follow Marvel lore, you won't see Adam Warlock until his, he emerges from a cocoon. If they follow Marvel I think lore. They, well, if you looked in the collector room, there was a giant cocoon yes, there that's was. very was, much like Adam Warlock. Yeah, and it was supposedly missing or destroyed. Yeah. In the, yeah. So something tells me... I, I think they're going to follow comic lore and it's going to be the... I can't. He's not the leader of the Shi'ar Empire. Is it the Shi'ar Empire? No, it was the Kree Empire. Who? Star Lord's dad. Kree, I think. Yeah, I think he's one of the. And I know I'm, I'm going to lose geek points for that, but I. His dad is either the Shi'ar or the Kree, one of the two, and I, I think they'll stick with that because they. I think they want to do this whole thing where Guardians Three would be him, you know, Prince Star Lord, Guardian Three, you know, but. <laughs> And good for them. That's a great movie. That's yeah, a fun movie. Yeah, it's a very fun movie. I think that's my that's my, definitely my second favorite Marvel film. What's your first? Oh, uh, I told you. Winter Soldier. Easily. Oh, okay. Okay, now what... Okay, you, you caught me earlier and you said... You kind of cringed when I said Winter Soldier was the best film. What... Go ahead. It took me six tries to watch that full movie. Okay. Like, every single time I got to watch it... Mm-hmm. One of the characters would do something or say something. Yeah. And logically, in my head, I was like... What? How no logical person would jump to that conclusion? Or no logical person would would jump to that okay, conclusion. Okay, hold on, hold on. We're talking about movies where Yes, yes, know, yes, yes, no, yes. No, we're no, talking no, about no. movies where in the nineteen forties we injected this young white kid with all yes, the serum and yes. he's a muscular man now and he's fighting the Nazis. He looks yeah. super Aryan, but look, okay, he's okay, on our side. Okay. And he fights a guy that looks like a that is a red skull. Yes. Okay. And they have magical, mystical energy weapons and all this stuff. Yes. Now go ahead. Okay, What's not you, believable about that? Thank <laughs> you. So, you do have to suspend belief, obviously, a little bit. But that doesn't ex- excuse bad writing. You know, whenever they give Nick Fury something to say that literally makes me cringe with the amount of cheese he has to throw on it. Please, you're not 
Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Craig from B-Movies and eBooks. And if you don't know about B-Movies and eBooks, it's basically a podcast between two lifelong friends. We cover horror movies, cult movies, and B-Movies on a bi-weekly basis. And also, we talk about the latest genre fiction we've read. So after you get done listening to this fine episode of Longbox Small Talk, head on over to iTunes and search for B-Movies and eBooks and hit subscribe. It's easy to do, you'll be entertained, and you're going to find out about a ton of titles you never even knew existed. If you take, you can take one of the holiest of holy movies, the trilogy, you take Star Wars, and there's more holes in that than baby Swiss cheese, okay? I, I can just suspend disbelief, Un, un, unless it's just horrid. I can usually just suspend it, you know? I can watch the fast, I can watch Fast 7, okay? And I love those movies. And I know there is absolutely no fucking way that you can drive... A car from one from <laughs> one tower to the other in Dubai, and it's humanly possible. I'm just like, you know what? There's a movie about giant robots that turn into cars. I can live in this world. I can. I'm okay. Again, bad writing is inexcusable, though. Like, I'm not great. Do you? But like, I'm not making a million like, dollars to do it. Well, I, I hope. Let me ask you something. Okay, okay, go ahead. Do you like spy espionage movies at all? Spy espionage movies. Just give me an example. Because whenever you say spy espionage, I instantly think James Bond. Do you like Bond films? I like the new Bond films. Do you like the older ones? No. Uh, you ever watch any like the Tom Clancy stuff, like Clear and Present Danger? Yeah, yeah. Hunt I used to like October. that. Yeah, Do you yeah. like those? Yeah, they were okay. See, to me, that's what that was. That It was a Tom Clancy type movie with superheroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Falcon. I think Falcon is... One of the better heroes they have because he's human with a pair of mechanical wings. Yeah. I like Natasha. I think they finally fleshed that character out in that film. Um, which they never do in, in Avengers. Even even the new one, all they did was make her the love interest yeah. to Hulk. Uh, and that weird, like, hysterectomy storyline that they threw in there? I, I didn't understand. Like that I, was unneeded. You know, I understood why they did it for to say because she needed to be a victim. We're both damaged goods. Yeah, you know, let's run away. But I, I don't, I, I don't know. Like I think Ultron was fine. Not my favorite. Um, I'll watch it again. It was, it was enjoyable. I, I have four kids. I'm gonna end up seeing it again soon. <laughs> but I don't. I think it was too much. I mean, because they even they had to take out stuff. Uh, Black Panther was supposed to appear. They took out a whole scene in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. If they had done that, it would have been over three hours. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I just think it's overkill. I think them going to even though I love um, Andy Circus. Yeah, um, and we got to see more of him because he is just a, such a good actor. And he, I think... He's a good Claw. And I think he's going to make an excellent villain yeah. as Claw in mm-hmm. films to come. We got to see more of him. Um, I actually, I leaned over to my wife and I pretended like I had supernatural powers. I was like, hey, someone's going to cut his arm off. <laughs> I just, I've got a weird feeling. Like, I feel like there's some Star Wars shit going on. Oh, yeah. He's going to lose an arm. Was she impressed? She was super impressed. She, he got his arm cut off and she looked over and was like, oh. Boner Did you know right that? There. Yeah. Did you know that was going to happen? Boner I was like, alert. No, I just kind of had a feeling. Yeah. 
That's how you impress them. Yeah. Um, Withholding information. <laughs> Are we going somewhere nice? Oh, yeah, baby. It's, it's pretty We're much going somewhere real nice. It's my secret to fatherhood, you know? <laughs> Pretend like you know what's going on. Lie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm... As I say, I still think the MCU is going to burst. I don't mm-hmm. think... I don't think you're going to get to... And just FYI, that's an amazing first episode prediction. I'm I don't, excited I don't about think, that. I don't think you're going to get to Infinity War or Infinity Gauntlet, whatever they're going to call it, part one, without there being at least one or two misses. One or two. Oh, okay. One or two falls. Is that what you consider bursting? Yeah, because I don't think, I don't think, I think the public's gonna get get really tired of it. I think we're we're only wired to take so much of this. You know, this stuff just started really in ninety seven, ninety nine. Um, the first, you know, what was the first successful comic film to come out? Let me give you a second. You probably don't know it. I honestly, I'd probably say Batman. No, I'm going to go with, with, with starting in the late 90s with the new comic buzz. Blade. Okay. Blade was a mid-level success. Well, how many years were in between? Because, it, what, Batman came out in 89. Yeah, that was 89. Okay, but, and then it was still riding high with Batman Returns. But they, they, that was, what, 92, 93? The Batman films are, are very much uh, their own thing. But with the whole, with the, with the whole thing of comic books coming into play was everybody points to 97 to blade was kind of the jumping point because actually uh batman and robin Mm -hmm. tanked bad did terrible oh with good reason yeah so they kind of said okay we got to put this down for a while and when they came then also what you're saying is blade brought it back from blade and even though they were in close in the same time frame Mm -hmm. blade was the kickstart for a a more adult comic book film. You know, we had Blade, then I believe it was X-Men, and then uh, Spider-Man in 2000. Yeah. So that's when it's really, we started picking up steam. Yeah. And you're talking... They're churning them out now. Yeah, you're talking now, you're 16 years later, I don't, I think we're ready for a change. I think we're ready to see something different. I think the, the first of all, I, a lot of people say the cinematic experience is over. I think you're right. I think we are now entering the age of the home as as the center of entertainment for everything. Yeah. And I, I just feel like if they're going to say, okay, opening weekend, you can go to the movies and spend... I mean, the the one in Clear Lake is charging ten fifty. Um, you can go spend ten fifty, or you can spend 30 bucks and have it opening day. Yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron, 24 hours in your house. Fine. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but I think the bubble's bursting. I, um, and I really think the next one we want to talk about is going to be one of those things. Batman v. Superman. Yeah. Yeah, Batman v. Superman, It. I mean, we've seen some initial trailers. And, uh, I mean, I'm very impressed with... with you, know, you got to give it to him. Like Ben Affleck, he's got talent in front of the camera. I agree, and I think this is going to remind a lot of people of that. Um, I, I, you know, I think his time on the other side of the camera has made him a better actor. I agree, because um, I, I mean, he's he's cranking him over the fence pretty much every time he's in anything or directs anything. Yeah, um, 
I mean, I, I didn't see the town, but Argo was amazing. The town is great. Yeah, I, think I, I hear great things. I think they're they're equally as good. I haven't really. Seen, I I haven't seen okay. uh, Gone Baby Gone, uh-huh. which is his first film that he directed with his oh, okay. brother Casey. I thought the town was that one. And that was his second. Oh, okay, um, okay. So I want to see Gone Baby Gone. I think it's Gone Baby Gone. It, no, no, that sounds right. Yeah, baby's in the title. Yeah, um, <laughs> but just Google baby and I like go see the movie that pops up. I like Man of Steel. Man of Steel, okay. I think it's fun. It's all right. Um, a little too much Krypton and a little not enough Earth. I like see, but I liked I because I love the original film. Yeah, and you, I, I, I disagree. They spent just as much time on Krypton in the original film as they did in Man of Steel. If you time it, <clears throat> you got to know the whys why they're doing everything. I think playing Superman a little more emo, a little dark, um, okay, you're going to make him earn the Golden Boy status. Mm-hmm. You're not going to give him, you know, fresh off the farm, good old country boy with good old American values. You're not giving him that from the get-go. You're going to make him earn his stripes. <clears throat> I, I dig that. I didn't mind the destruction of the city that much. Where everybody got crazy about that. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I watched Godzilla films with a nine-year-old girl. We yeah. root for Tokyo being destroyed. We love the new Godzilla. Destroy, destroy, destroy. You have to think about it. The logistics of a superhero. If they're fighting like that, of course they're going to destroy buildings. Oh, yeah. You're not going to go, hey, you know what? Let's take it over there to the urban area. You know, Let's go to the, go to the non-skyscraper area. We hit a couple apartment buildings. No big deal. But they're gonna they're gonna fight. They're gonna destroy things. And of course, you know, he had no choice but to snap that guy's neck. You know, you're not you're. What are you gonna do? You're gonna put him in? Oh, we got superhero prisons. No, we don't. You know, this is this is the first we've known about aliens. So everybody's kind of playing it as they're going along. I don't mind the film as much. Um. What worries me about Batman v Superman is the same thing about Ultron. Too much, too soon. You're 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 packing in Wonder Woman, uh, Cyborg, Aquaman. Hey, there's been no pictures of Cyborg yet, right? No, not yet. No. Okay. No, but he's in it. Oh. He's cast. You're pick. Uh, they're putting in uh, Carrie Kelly Robin, uh, played by I think. Uh, uh, one of the girl from uh, one of the girls from uh, uh, Hunger Games, Jenna something. She's gonna be Carrie Kelly Robin from The Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. which sets us up for The Dark Knight Returns, which I am fine with. Oh yeah, okay, let's do that. Which, which is which is this is this is me my me going to DC right now and to Zack Snyder. Let's cut the four play out. <laughs> let's go straight to the main course. Give me The Dark Knight Returns Part One and Two as live action films. Okay, cast everybody you got. Do whatever you got to do. Come up with a good, uh, you know. I- I'll tell you right now to stop my rant. I'm a bit worried about Jared Leto as the Joker. You know, I I have 100 percent faith in the guy. We've had two really iconic portrayals of the Joker. It scares me that they're, and I think he's a fine actor. If you've seen uh, Dallas Buyers Club, mm-hmm. Jared Leto's amazing. I'm yeah, not going to knock his acting skills. I don't like his band. That's, <laughs> that's personal taste. But I I worry that they're going to play this 
too modern. And I think they need the Joker. You know, Heath Ledger's Joker was incredible. Yes, it made. He was an anarchist. You know, he was just just you know he, everything he said in there was his was the concept from start to finish. He was that that was Joker. Mm-hmm. Jack Nicholson's Joker was created. You got to see the Joker be created, and that was iconic. Mm-hmm. That was artsy. If you really go back and watch that. He's a very artsy kind of villain. Yes. I don't want this guy to be silly. Or Hannibal Lecter turned up. You know? Well, honestly, if you th- if you think about where they're going with the Joker, and, and if it is going to be like a Dark Knight Returns kind of thing, yeah. um, they're probably going to play up that whole biker Joker. You know what I mean? Like, throw some leathers on him, have him not wear a shirt the whole movie, like, tattooed. I mean, that that's what that screams to me. Shaved head with long hair. I don't know. I yeah. I, I worry. My one my one concern is they're going to cheapen that, that yin and yang relationship between Batman and the Joker. You know? That is... To me, that relationship is Shakespearean. That yeah. is... That is, is you know... That's as 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 highly literate as you can get, you know the 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 push and pull between those two, and I just don't want them to cheapen the character. I, I, you know, Batfleck I think is going to be good. I think, I think not giving him his own film for about three or four years is going to work to his favor. Oh yeah, let him show up in Batman v mm-hmm. Superman. Let him show up in Suicide Squad. Let him show up in Justice League. Let him show up appearing in a couple of these other films, just small parts. Yeah. Enough to tease us so when we get to the f- the first real film, it's either one of two films. The Dark Knight Returns or Arkham Asylum. One of the two. Um, I'd be okay with either one, honestly. I, I would I would too. Yeah. I think I think both are great stories mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with those being a live action because if you made Arkham Asylum in in the way like Judge Dredd the Dread movie or mm-hmm. the Raid was, yeah, where Batman's got to start at the bottom and work his way up to the top, which is Joker. Excellent. Then you made the movie that people need to see. You know, we don't need to. We don't need to see another origin film. We don't need to see another. You know, okay, we're gonna pull a random couple of villains out and stick them in there. Stick a list names in yeah. there, and you know, on D list characters. Yeah, like the Rhino. Yeah, I mean, we don't need all that. Yeah. What we need is, we need to see the Battle Royale. We need to see what this guy is made of. Show us his detective skills. Show us his fighting skills. Show us what we want to see. You know, show us The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. The animated movies were great, but they got to make them for real. You know, show the, show Affleck, especially if you wait four or five years, Affleck's going to hit 50. Yeah. He's gonna be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna be graying a little bit. Let him grow out the you know the seventies kind of mustache, uh-huh. and just turn it on. Let it go. Show us, show us that film. I, I think they're gonna do it. I think Schneider is a big enough fan that if Batman v Superman makes a gazillion dollars and the Justice League one and two can make some money, then he can he'll be able to do whatever he wants. Yeah, that would be really interesting to see too. Um... 
Ben Affleck, man, he's got the chin for it. Yeah. You know, for a character that you only really ever see his chin, he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the voice modulation they're doing with him. That's I, the only thing I'm not a fan of. Oh, no. See, I like that. You like that. I like the fact that they're not going with a Billy Goat gruff voice, even though I love the Nolan films. See, it sounds kind of the same to me. It doesn't sound but as like... But you got to think about this. If you're a billionaire... Yeah. And you're fighting crime, mm-hmm. and you're fight. You're up against superhumans. You would want to hide your voice, or or even from the government. You would want to have something that could disguise your voice, so that they can't find out who you are. Because it would only take a little bit to go to a, a you know, like a Google, yeah, yeah, and find a voice clip of hey, here's Bruce Wayne at some ceremony, yeah, or some gala, and then here's his voice and go. Hey, that guy that I talked to in that darkened corner, I think that was Bruce Wayne. And match up, you know, voice recognition. Yeah. So, see, Bill, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to stop you there because whenever you go see a movie. Are you afraid? Are, are you upset to... that I knew the word gala? No, 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 no. I completely understand why you would know that word. Uh, but whenever you go to a film, especially one like this where everyone has superpowers, <laughs> you're supposed to suspend belief. And oh, not really get a, that logical you're about a them. Bastard, <laughs> using my own rhetoric. Back oh on. yes, <laughs> all recorded and shit, all nice and neat. I, I mean, but see, I, I'm for, for fifty voice. for fifty years. A pair of sunglasses was okay for Superman. Or a pair of glasses was okay for Clark Kent, and Superman, curl. and a spit a curl. Spit, okay, spit curl one way, spit curl the other way. Huh? Yeah. That beefy bohunk from Can- from Kansas. Yeah, he can't be Superman. No, he doesn't have that spit curl. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, so, that takes us to what's coming out the rest of the summer. We definitely want to talk about two... two well, hang on, what's coming out the rest of the summer, Bill? Uh, I have two two films that, that are kind of on our list, and I don't have a complete list, but we got more episodes coming I, out. I didn't get a list, Bill. I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay, so uh, one film that's coming out at the end of July is the fifth entry into the Terminator franchise, Terminator Genesis. Now, at first, I was completely against this. Then I saw the first two trailers. I love it. I love the whole thing. I love <laughs> I love retconning. I love the fact that you've turned the great hero into the bad guy. Um, I love that they've got... They retconned... Uh, Sarah Connor was raised by... The Terminator, which she calls the Guardian. Love it. Even if it turns out not as great as we think, it's still balls crazy. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Like, the fact that they got writers in the room and they were like, hey, we want a sequel to this. And yeah. then they were like, well, how about we just get rid of everything else? Yeah. Like, that's insane. That, that's that got... They definitely have balls. Now, whether it's going to be good or not, we don't know, but... Because I'm not a big fan of let's bring back the the good guy as the bad guy. Yeah. Because I feel like especially since they put like what thirty years into yeah. into making that other story. Yeah. And creating a whole universe around it, and I just I I feel like that is both its, its most interesting uh, characteristic and its its biggest flaw because we are definitely living in the area of let's just change that shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. Let's let's create a whole new universe. I mean, we were just talking about it with Marvel. They're creating a whole new universe because they've got 60 years of threads and they need to make a sweater. You know? <laughs> um, and I feel you because Terminator 3 is weak. 
Terminator 4 is a great action film. But a horrible Terminator but, but it's a bad Terminator It's a film. very bad Terminator It's film. not a good Terminator film. No. You can see where kind of the string kind of fell out the back of the doll yeah. midway through. Mm-hmm. Like they had some good ideas, and then they were like, oh shit, we ran out of money. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and Sam Worthington's in it. Yeah. Who's a terrible actor. <laughs> you know. Ask anybody in Texas City who met him five years ago when he was walking around doing killing fields down here. Yeah. You know, he's just, just a terrible person? Or yeah, he's a terrible, terrible actor. person. Yeah. Oh, okay. Terrible well, this person. is a terrible person, terrible actor. I, I don't. I have no reason to doubt that he's not a very <laughs> nice gentleman. Um, so, to, to retcon it where... I mean, we're not even... They're not even retconning past a certain film. They are just saying... We're going back to the same spot in the in the original 1984 film, and it's all it, it's all different. You know, we're gonna have a T1000 show up from the second film, mm-hmm. which I love. What's still one of my favorite films of all time. Um, we're gonna introduce all kinds of concepts, and and just having John Connor as the bad guy. When I saw that, the first thing I said was. Oh, I think you guys made a mistake. You you didn't want to put that in the trailer. Yeah. But then I thought about it, and I thought, well, maybe you do. What's wrong with saying that? What's wrong with go ahead, going in? Because if they put that in the film, that in the trailer... Well, that's them saying, look at our balls. But I, I, I got a feeling there's something behind it. You're going to have something even bigger. Oh, you I think, think so? You think oh, he's, yeah, a, yeah, he's yeah. a mid-level? No, you don't. You don't put... You don't put that on the table without having something else. When when you get to the last ten minutes of the movie and they go, check us out, and you're like, holy crap, we just we've been had or something. There's going to be something. Yeah. Because they're they're planning on three films, and I think, I think right now they may have the sleeper hit of the summer. I I, I don't think the next film is going, in my opinion, is going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy of the summer. Really, I you know I think it's gonna do really really well. I, I think Emily Cl- Emily Clark or Amelia. I think it's Emily Khaleesi. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't recognize her in the real world. Yeah, it's Mother Khaleesi. of Dragons. The Mother of Dragons. We could go we could go through all of her titles from the the books and the movies or the the TV show, but I have no clue what her real name is. Yeah, it's a chick that won't get naked anymore. Ah, yeah, sad face. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. So she looks amazingly like Linda Hamilton. Yes. Like Yes. I like I saw her, she said, What is it? Get it in the in the van if you want to survive or some shit like that. Come with me if you want to live. There you go. The, you yeah. Know, I mean a horrible memory. I have a horrible memory. That's okay. That's okay. But uh, she said that and I yes. was like, Oh, how'd they do that? How how did they get little Hamilton to look like she was like twenty seven? Exactly. Just fantastic. And this is this is this is the most amazing casting I've seen since and I'm sorry to bring these movies up because I know they both hurt us both mentally and emotionally, but since Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. I think Obi-Wan is the only redeeming that, factor yes. in a lot of those Agreed. early movies. Agreed. I uh, think you, I, you hit the nail on the head on that. Well, yeah. that'll be another day, another discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying that th- this casting was fantastic, and I never saw it. I don't know the guy that's playing Kyle Reese, Jai Courtney. My girlfriend knows who it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe I've seen him, and I don't know. And, and I, I maybe I like that, that I don't know this guy... Because I'm partial to Michael Bean yeah. playing Kyle Reese, not Anton Yelchin from Star Trek playing the 
<laughs> you know, teenage Kyle Reese. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm 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 into this. I think the casting was good. I think Schwarzenegger playing an aged Terminator mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense, and I think the logic behind it works. I think this could be the Guardians of the Galaxy this summer. I'm gonna make that's my other prediction. Where Guardians was kind of like the uh, underdog for last summer okay. and just killed it. I think that's going to be Terminator Genesis. Okay, I'll go. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. So I just, I just want to make sure. So is it going to be Guardians of the Galaxy of the summer or no? Because yes. you, you actually said both. Yes, I think it's no. I, I, I'm saying, I'm saying the whole. Maybe you didn't understand. Okay, I'm, I'm slow, Bill. You gotta, you gotta talk real summer. slow I think and real it is clear. The, it is the Guardians of the Galaxy of 2015. Okay, so you think it's going to do amazing? I think it's, I think it's going to do as well. I think it's in the, it's poised in that spot. Uh, which should be that same weekend. It should be the 31st or the 1st of August. Mm -hmm. I think it's in the same spot, and I think they did it for a reason, because they want you to get all this other crap out of your blood, Yeah. and then they want you to go, get ready. We're going to give you just a kick-ass action film. You kind of know it, Mm -hmm. but we done messed it up. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just go have fun. You know, that's. I, I think that's what, that's, that's what action films in the, in this uh, century are going to have to do. Just go crazy. Yeah. Let's jump a car out of a building from one building to the uh, the next. Let's totally f up the the Terminator franchise. And let's not be serious about it. Let's just go. Let's do it. Ah, let's bring back Mary Poppins and then murder in the first twenty seconds. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, it's so, just it's just a story about some kids who take their medicine and hate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like that's life, kids. <laughs> it's, a, it's a story about ten-year-old junkies. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they could remake Star Wars like today, especially Episode One, and it would do far better than the first one. I think. Oh, I'll go to hell for saying this. I think a daycare full of children with dirty diapers—that is not what you were going to say. <laughs> exactly, could make that film. With a with an old nineteen broken nineteen eighty eight VHS camera, could make episode one better. You know, you know. I resolved myself to watching them again. I did too. Did you yes. just recently? Uh, about a month and a half ago. Oh, dude! I just watched the first episode one. I did too. Like a week ago. We couldn't get through it. It really hurts. It does. It's got some good parts, but it's in like. It's like finding gold in like a lake of shit. You know, like I, I actually, yeah, I, I really, I, I really enjoyed the pod racing. I thought that was cool. Oh, no, I no. thought that was cool. I think the concept is cool, but I think the execution is bad. Oh, I think well, that, of course. I, I mean, think that whole film is a great first draft. <laughs> but it's got a lot of characters in there that nobody likes that you know should have been axed. Oh yeah, because I think if he had given that script to Lawrence Kasdan, who who rewrote Empire. And, mm-hmm. and rewrote uh, Force Awakens. Kazan would have taken out Jar Jar. Kazan would have taken out a lot of the, the smarminess, mm-hmm. and probably would have developed the Anakin character even as a child. Yeah, a to little, be a little bit darker. A li- not darker, but a little more realistic. You know, that was just a whiny nine-year-old. You know, like, oh, oh, look at me! Oh, yippee! Yippee! Oh, oh. 
Qui-Gon, should I do so? Oh, you don't stay behind, man. Honestly, whenever you're doing that, you literally sounded like one of his friends. (laughs) Like, one of Anakin's friends when they were rebuilding the podcast. He's like, Annie, what do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean you're in the boot to E-Brace? Are we gonna die? (laughs) We saw. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. And like, I think there's good moments in, in uh, Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. And I think 3 is great, except for Anakin's acting. Padme was useless in the film. Yeah, I mean, they could have put a, a thing of sheetrock up with a dress <laughs> on it. And that thing could have gotten a, an Academy Award compared to, you know, Miss I Went to Harvard. Uh, I think it was terrible. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Ewan McGregor saved is the only saving grace in all those films. Yeah. Because he was playing Alec Guinness. Yeah. You know, he was playing young Alec Guinness. He went back and watched Bridge Over the River Kwai. He went back and watched all those old films. And... and yeah, he was playing someone playing someone. Yeah, yes. Yes. And he did great. And, I mean, that's that's the whole all English pantomime. That's what those, what those plays are, is they're playing versions, you know celebrity versions of characters. Mm-hmm. That's what he did. He did a pantomime version of Alec Guinness, which was great. And um, <clears throat> having, you know, having Sam Jackson in the films, don't know. Taking out Puppet Yoda, no. Puppet Yoda works. CGI Yoda, I don't know. I think 3 has some of the best parts, mm-hmm. but definitely has a lot of flaws. That's yeah, my- I, I'd agree with that. And, um, I think the there's so many things wrong with it. It hurts me to talk, speak well of it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you you hit it right on the on the head. There's a lot wrong with it. Um, just casting in general is is pretty bad across the and a fact the fact that they use a lot of the same music because I like the music in the original Star Wars. Like yeah. I actually listened to the soundtrack of Star Wars. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it, it's really dorky of John me, Williams I guess. Is amazing. I mean, he is. He's great. Uh, and throw in some lightsaber action, and it just—it's peanut butter and chocolate. Um, but he, I feel like he reused a lot of the same shit in the first three. Like, yeah, yeah there. I mean, yeah, it, but there's some original pieces, but all in all, he brings back so many homages to the original that yeah. he's basically like, "Hey, remember the title sequence?" Well, I think at that point, Williams is late 60s I mean now he's he's hitting 80 and he's still going to score most of Force Awakens mm-hmm. you know I, I'll give him a pass on, on cues I'll give him a pass on some of his music sounding the same look at Star Wars I can deal with it I can't let it pass that the movies just sucked yeah. that the writing was bad that continuity we're ignoring continuity I can I, I can look past you know you know the whole Yoda didn't necessarily teach Obi Wan yeah okay everybody Yoda taught everybody Yoda yeah. was Yoda was like the elementary school teacher yeah he teaches all the kids mm-hmm. great I can see that it was a broad stroke Yoda yeah. was my master when I was a kid sure he because when he's talking to Luke and Empire he's saying you got to go learn the basics yeah you know you got to go you we're sending you through the rush community college right now <laughs> so you can learn the basics of being a Jedi because look kid we need you to do some dirty work for us yeah um I can overlook that 
Um, I like Qui-Gon most of the time. But, uh, again, that could have been any guy in that age bracket. Yeah. <laughs> Not to quote Kevin Smith from the cartoon, but that could have been a lot of guys in that mid-40, late, mid to late 40 age bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, Padme's just terrible. I mean, she's so... Like, you're going up against Carrie Fisher, who had a lot of charisma mm-hmm. and brought a lot of spunk and really empowered young females at that time. Yeah. Which is a great thing. In the 70s, you're empowering these young women to be strong and almost be political in a way. Because yeah. that's what she was. She was a political activist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got this girl that, you know, I think in the middle of that, that she was in the middle of going to Harvard when she filmed that and just bailed on Harvard. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really yeah. keep up. I didn't keep up with her personal life. But, like, the fact that the character... It's supposed to be kind of a callback to to Leia and and it's her mom. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it shows where she gets a lot of the the characteristics that she is. Yeah. But then doesn't share any of those characteristics. Has zero strength. Yeah. Until until the end of Attack of the Clones, when mm-hmm. she shows a minimalist amount of passion. Yeah. For everything, for fighting, for her love of Anakin. Yes, but. Then you get to three, and she's just a piece of plywood. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I am pregnant, Annie. A oh. worse, a worse than just a normal piece of plywood. A pregnant you're, piece of plywood. You're, you're hurting me, Annie. <laughs> like, not only am I married to a piece of plywood, but now I'm gonna have little yeah, you're, splinters you're, running around. Your shitty plywood babies. <laughs> yeah, I gotta pay child support to a plank. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I, I would definitely agree with that. Uh, they very much so underutilized her character, and. Underdeveloped, very underdeveloped. They used her, half baked. They not even half baked. It's like, it's like raw cookie dough out of the freezer. No, it's like when you make a pancake and then like you you make it really thick, and you you forget to check the center, Uh and there's just a little bit raw left, and you serve (laughs) it to your girlfriend or your wife. Yeah, and they're just like, oh honey, that was great, and they kind of do that little wince. Oh yeah, that's her character. Yeah, I don't I don't cook, so your analogy's lost on me a bit, but. But I do understand it. I do, I do understand it. Yeah, I don't it. know. She underdeveloped. I'm not just not developed at all. Yeah. Not even underdeveloped. It was just bad writing, and I think that's him. If you go back and look at all that, uh, I'm sorry. Who's him? Lucas. Okay. I mean, A New Hope was just that. It was a slapdash mm-hmm. piece of cinema, and if you watch the making of it, it was only brought together due to the editing. Mm-hmm. The story was bad. Like he had, he had so many plot holes. Like he just editing saved that film. And so the only reason that Empire happened correctly is because he he had a, a lady do one draft after he did one, and then he had he liked a couple things from her draft and had Lawrence Kasdan come in and rewrite the whole thing. And that guy saved us. Mm-hmm. That guy created a whole our gener- gave our generation something to live for. I like that. I like that Empire saved us. I think it did. Cinematically, I think it saved us. It started the 80s out. It gave us, you know, the archetype for cinema. I mean, especially if you look at our generation. You talk to anybody that's worth the damn, that's not on meth, <laughs> they're going to say, you go you go to them and say, what's one of the best films of your childhood? You're probably going to say Empire Strikes Back. I mean, hands down. No matter how old you are, if you're in the 30s, 
if you're somewhere in your late 20s, early 30s, Empire is definitely one of the high watermarks of film. It's great. There's not a lot of flaws to it. Yeah, the plot, the, the story has some holes in it. Oh, we just happen to be in the same galaxy as this guy that I, you know, that I know owes money. Oh, by the way, and we don't have phones and we uh-huh. don't have the internet, but I know where he lives. <laughs> I know he runs a gas mine. I mean, plot hole. But, great film. We forget it. We let it go. Well, I think it was the quintessential downer ending. That's what kind of started downer endings being okay. But it's also, my opinion, one of the best third acts in any film. They're able to make the final act work. Whereas now, final acts are kind of tacked on. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, they were all ghosts. Oh, uh, my boyfriend's a robot. And that's why that's why this all happened. Yeah. Oh, it was time travel. Um... So it is. It is one of the superior final acts in a film, you know. And it ha- like you said, it has the downer ending, which honestly it did kind of bring that into modern cinema. Yeah. Because before everything had to be wrapped up in the pink bow, mm-hmm. had to be nice and pretty, had to end on a kiss or or the well, hero has to win. Stop fr- it, frame high five. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Craig. Um, so that that changed cinema. I think, I, and I think it's it is the high, it is one of the high watermarks of mainstream film. Mm-hmm. You know, it also broke the sequel curse. You know, Jaws yeah. two, Jaws two didn't go well, so people thought Star Wars two was going to be more of Star Wars one, and they were wrong because we start out losing, mm-hmm. and we come up a little bit, and then we lose again. Yeah, and because it was real, because in in life shit happens. Yeah. You're going to lose your hand. You don't always wrap it up in 90 minutes. You're going to kiss your sister. <laughs> you know? No, you speak for yourself on that one. <laughs> okay, well, I'm from Amble, so... Oh. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can go on about Empire all day, but... I, I can definitely tell, sir. I'm very passionate about <laughs> passionate. your... But um, I can go on as Empire as much as I can go on about the second best sequel, Terminator 2. I can talk Terminator 2. Like, we can do a whole episode talking about second sequels. The best, the best number two, <laughs> the best number twos out there. Bill, the best at picking out the number two. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, on that note, I would say we will end the inaugural episode. Um, tune in next time, and we'll be talking about whatever's on our mind. Uh, any final words? Uh, no, Bill, I hate you until next week. All right, done. <laughs> Feelings mutual. Get out of my house. you just heard is part of the B&E Network, brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com.